I've been to the garden as the Nick coach. I've been to the garden as the Providence coach. And now I get to represent something really, really special. And it's not about when or if. It's going to happen to St. John's. It's going to happen in a big way. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. What is up, St. John's fans? My name is Troy Moriello. This is the Seeing Red Podcast. We are back for the first time in, what, over three months? Only, I think, the second time this season, second time this year. We are back on this podcast, and we are back for a very, very special occasion as the Red Storm have hired that man that you heard at the start of this show, Rick Pitino, as their next head coach. They hire Pitino on a six-year contract, and honestly, for me to say that, it still sounds absolutely crazy. Uh, Rick Pitino, hired by St. John's, uh, introduced in a press conference this afternoon at Madison Square Garden, and it still just feels surreal to me that they actually made this move. You know, it was a move that St. John's absolutely had to make as a university, but if you follow me on Twitter, I've been asking for this for, I would say, about three and a half months now, ever since the season went off the rails uh, under Mike Anderson, and it became very, very obvious that Mike Anderson was not the guy as the Big E season progressed. Uh, I had been calling for this. Many others had been calling for this. I don't think any of us ever thought it was actually going to get done because if you just look at St. John's history as a whole, uh, it's not a move that St. John's traditionally makes something like this. But they go out there and they shock me and they shock everyone else and they shut us all up because they actually did it. And for the first time in my lifetime and possibly your lifetime, if you're listening to this as well, but at the bottom line, in the first time in about 25 years, it feels like St. John's is actually committed to winning basketball games and to being a player, not only in the Big East, but hopefully on a national scale. You know, when you hire Rick Pitino, you're not just looking to win Big East championships which would be really, really nice as a St. John's fan. But when you hire Rick Pitino, you're looking to be a player on a national level. You're looking to reach Sweet 16s. You're looking to be a top 10, top 15 team every single year. You're looking to win 25 games in a season. You're looking to maybe, if everything falls right for you, make a Final Four. Because that's what Rick Pitino is. At every stop, that's what Rick Pitino is. Providence, Kentucky, Louisville, Iona. I know at Iona he didn't go to the Final Four, but come on now. He made two tournaments in three years. The guy has won at every collegiate stop that he has made. He is a winner, and he is arguably, the not even arguably, he is the greatest active college basketball coach right now, in my opinion. And one of the greatest college basketball coaches of this era. I think he's eighth all-time on the NCAA's list. You know, you can talk about a guy like Coach K, of course, but up, you know, Rick Pitino is comparable, you know, with someone like that. And that's who is on your sidelines now. And for me personally, I never thought it was going to happen. You know, you look at the past indiscretions with Rick, uh, the scandal that got him fired at Louisville with the uh, the escorts. You know, that seemed like that would be a complete turnoff for St. John's. That was not a move that St. John's was willing to make. Uh, they weren't willing to take a risk like that, I guess you could say, or to handle that backlash that could potentially come. But I think as, you know, Rick Patino was cleared by the NCAA in that scandal, and as we kind of saw Rick maybe have a little bit of a renaissance there with Iona, I think it maybe became clear to the decision makers at this University that that backlash would not be there. 
Iona kind of took that bullet for St. John's hiring Rick Pitino three years ago. And I think the university decision makers saw that and maybe that helped convince them. But all I know is Father Brian Shanley, uh, that man deserves a statue outside Carnesecca Arena. Maybe we can rename the court, you know, Brian Shanley Court or something like that. Uh, but that man deserves something because it seems like he was the one that spearheaded this movement and was able to convince enough board members that Rick Pitino was the guy. And I agree with him 100%, and I'm sure you do as well. Rick Pitino was the guy. There were a lot of guys that St. John's uh, could have hired in, the, in this cycle. If you follow me on Twitter, I put out a whole list of guys that I would have been okay with. Uh, Matt Langle from Colgate, Robert Jones from Norfolk State, Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State. There was a lot of guys that I said, if you know, if and when we don't go after Rick Pitino, I'm okay with these guys being our next head coach. But none of them are Rick Pitino. This is a hire that it. This was a a process where one guy was the hire and his name is Rick Pitino. And I am still absolutely in shock that St. John's actually went out and did it. And all the credit in the world goes to Father Brian Shanley for making that move. But it's a hire that St. John's absolutely just had to make. You know, when you look at where this program is at right now, in the national sense and in the in a local sense in the Big East. This program was on, I would say, death's doors in terms of ever being relevant again. You know, you look at the recent hires made by St. John's, Steve Lavin, uh, you know, at least in my lifetime, I would say, um, or my, my time as a fan. I became a fan uh, in Lavin's first season in 2011, watched the Dwight Hardy shot against Pittsburgh, fell in love with that team. Two years later, I ended up going to, to St. John's as an undergrad, graduated in 2017. So I've been following this team now for about 12, 13 seasons or so. So in my lifetime, you look at the head coaching hires that they've made. Steve Lavin, uh, I would say, worked out for a little bit, You know, brought them back to 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 some of their, you know, potential glory, especially in that first season, but, you know, never really broke through from there. Um, Chris Mullen was just an abject failure, as we all know. Mike Anderson started off strong through his first two seasons and then really hit a wall in years three and years four. And, you know, it was obvious that they had to make a change there with Mike, uh, who, you know, by all intents is a, is a pretty good guy, uh, but maybe lost control of the program, as I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, maybe lost control of the program there down the stretch um, of of his tenure, but you look at those three three straight hires, and they really whiffed on all three of them. And you know, St. John's has now been irrelevant, not only in a national sense, but even from a conference sense in the Big East, and from a local sense in the you know the New York metropolitan area. St. John's has really been irrelevant for 25 years. And like I said, if they did not turn around and if they made the wrong hire again, and if, you know, four years from now in 2027, we're talking about another coaching change because another coach went four and out, you know, and had four straight seasons where, you know, maybe one of them was okay and the other three kind of stunk and, you know, it was the wrong hire. And now we're looking at another head coach. I think that this program would really be in a danger zone in terms of just interest and, and people caring because I, I, I hate to say it, but this is an older fan base. You know, you look at the people supporting this fan base right now, it's older people. It's guys that, you know, fell in love with this team, that went to the school, or that just, you know, fell in love with the Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson days, you know, of the, of the 80s. Well, those guys are getting up there in age now, and those guys may stop start losing interest after they've watched 30, 40 seasons of losing basketball. You look at my generation, the younger generation, we've never seen a winner. 
you know, I'll be with this team until I die because I went to the school. But if you're someone who just, you know, maybe your dad was a St. John's alum and you grew up a St. John's fan, well, you've seen losers for, for 25, 30 years now, you know, if, if they made the wrong hire again. You're talking 25, 30 years of losing. If you're a younger kid, if you're a 15-year-old right now, you probably don't even know what St. John's is. If you're a 15-year-old right now in, in the New York you know, metropolitan area, you probably have heard of Rick Pitino, so you probably now know about St. John's, but unless you have any sort of connection to the school, you probably don't know what St. John's is. And that's a danger point for the Red Storm and for this program when you look at the future, when you look at the future interest level in this team. This needed to be a home run hire. And there is no bigger home run, there is no greater grand slam than Rick Patino. Two final two uh, championships. Final four, seven final fours with three different teams, 20 plus NCAA tournament appearances with five different teams, including Iona, where he went to two of the last three final fours with the Gales. Rick Patino was the guy. And I'm still in shock that they actually did it, but they did it. And let's give Father Brian Shanley credit. Let's give Mike Craig credit for staying in contact with uh, Mike Rapoli uh, throughout this process. It seems like he's going to get involved now, but I'm ready to do some winning. (laughs) As a St. John's fan, I've seen enough losing over the past decade. I am ready to do some winning. And I I think that we are on the right. I know that we are on the right track now with this hire of Rick Pitino. You know, you look at Rick's track record Everywhere that he has gone on the collegiate level, he has won and he has delivered. And man, if you didn't watch that press conference today and feel something, either passion or, you know, what, what did he say? PhD, passion, hunger, and drive, or just emotion. I mean, I was feeling emotion, not crying level emotion, but I was feeling emotional listening to that. Because for the first time in what feels like what forever in my lifetime, St. John's has a coach that is dedicated to winning. That is a basketball lifer. You know, you could say a lot about Steve Lavin and Chris Mullen. It doesn't feel like those guys were basketball lifers in terms of on a coaching level. You know, where those guys put their blood, sweat, and tears into coaching. Mike Anderson seems like a nice guy. Seems like he is a very, very passionate guy. Probably wasn't the right fit here, and Rick himself even said that. You talk about the perfect fit and a guy who is just absolutely insane about basketball, who needs basketball to live. Rick Pitino needs basketball to live. He talked about how crazy he was going in the couple of years that he was out of basketball. This man needs basketball to live. And he's going to put his heart and soul into making sure that St. John's is a national brand once again. And the possibilities are endless, guys. The possibilities are absolutely endless in terms of what St. John's can do with Rick Pitino, with big money donors back in the fold. And on that note, I want to say something as well. If you're listening to this, you're probably a big St. John's fan. Uh, I think now is the perfect time to donate money. If you have the means, donate some money to the store marketing campaign run by Vin and those guys. They do an awesome job. They are the uh, NIL, you know, St. John's NIL department, I guess you want to call it. Um, They're going to make sure that players who come here get NIL deals and, you know, facilitate all of those things. Um, So please, if if you have the financial means... Donate to those guys because now it's our turn. You know, we've been begging for this stuff for years. 
We've been begging for St. John's to make a hire like this for years. So now it's our turn to deliver. So if you have the means, please do so. But there is multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires that absolutely have the means that now that they see Rick Pitino on the sidelines, they're going to come and they're going to have the checkbooks out. I know it. You know, those people are attracted to to success and Rick Pitino brings that success. St. John's for the first time in my life and for the first time in 25 years is going to be an attraction. You know, Madison Square Garden, a St. John's game is going to be a hot ticket for the first time in, in forever. You know, Patino talked about wanting to play maybe every single game at, Car- at, a, at Madison Square Garden. I don't know if that's feasible because you're not going to play a team like Butler, DePaul, you know, and, and maybe those level teams uh, at Madison Square Garden. But uh, maybe St. John's gets big enough in the next three, four years that they can do that. That they can play every single game at the Garden, or at least every single Big East game at the Garden. But maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here. But the money is going to come in now. You know, you you saw season tickets have already jumped up twenty percent uh, in the last in the last you know however many uh, in the tw- last twenty four hours or so. The money is going to come in now, and this was just an absolutely perfect hire if you're a St. John's fan because the winning is going to follow. We don't know who's going to be here yet. We know that Joel Soriano is going to be here. He was named team captain by Rick Pitino during the press conference. That was an absolute surprise. So we know that Joel Soriano is going to be back for his uh, fifth year, his his you know COVID extra year. Um, so he's going to be the leader of this team. I think he comes into the year possibly as you know the Big East preseason player of the year, given the year that he just had. And, and think about this, the advancement that Soriano made in year one to year two under Mike Anderson who is a you know mediocre level coach. Think about the jump that Soriano could possibly make under Rick Pitino, one of the best player development coaches in the history of the game. Think about that, because that's scary. Joel Soriano could become not only an all-Big East level type player, but an all-American level type player. You know, under the tutelage of Rick Pitino. And speaking of the coaching staff, it seems like a lot of Pitino's Iona staff is going to come over now with him to St. John's. I think that's a good thing. Excuse me. I think that's a good thing. I think that continuity is a good thing for Rick. Uh, you know, it's not dealing with a bunch of new people now. Uh, you know, people that he's familiar with all come over. Uh, and obviously, Van Macon seems like he may remain on the staff as well. I think that's a good thing as well. You know, Van continued to work uh, throughout this process. I think you need to have someone who was on that previous staff to help evaluate guys who were on the previous team. And, you know, from what Rick said, it doesn't sound like a lot of those guys really got glowing reports uh, from Van, you know, uh, about what he thought of them. It seemed like there were a lot of issues behind the scenes with this team, at least in the past couple of months under Mike Anderson. So, who knows? I think we're going to see a lot of roster turnover. Patino mentioned he thinks he needs about six to eight new players to come in. So if you're doing the math, that means six to eight players got to go out. That means, you know, only maybe three or four guys are going to stick around. Uh, Soriano, I, I think, is, of course, going to be one of them. Uh, I would try to hold on to a guy like AJ Store if you can. I think that that kid is very, very talented. 
talent, and I think you know his defense needs to improve, of course. But that's a guy that Rick Pitino uh, could really turn into a superstar. Uh, I'm not so high on guys like Posh Alexander and Andre Corbello returning. You know the talent is of course there. Posh has been a really really good player for them for the past three seasons. But you know Rick Pitino said it himself. He likes guys that can shoot. And you know when you look at Posh Alexander and Andre Corbello, those are two guys that are what sub 30 uh, th- percent three point shooters. They just they don't they don't their game does not translate well. I don't think to the Rick Pitino level. So we'll see about that. But I don't think that those guys will be a part of the mix. But I think we're going to see a lot of turnover now. You know we really haven't seen much St. John's roster movement over the past two weeks, and I think a lot of that was because of players knowing that Rick is coming soon. But at the end of the day, you know. Um, there is going to be some turnover now, I think, starting in the next couple of of days and weeks. And we're going to see. You know, I, I, I expect, I fully expect Rick to absolutely crush it on the transfer portal. I fully expect Rick to crush it uh, locally recruiting and recruiting nationally as well. Um, you know, uh, there's already the rumors of us being in on some of these bigger local recruits for 2024. So we'll see if that happens. But, you know, in, in terms of recruiting on the transfer portal, uh, that's what Rick Pitino does best. And I, I, I think that he is going to land a couple of really big impact guys. And I think that St. John's, you know, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves here, but I think six, seven months from now, you could look at a St. John's team and say, you know, that team can compete for the top half of the Big East and hopefully for a Big East title. But, uh, you know, it's just awesome vibes right now. For, for me as a St. John's fan, something that we've never seen before. So Rick Pitino, welcome. Hopefully this podcast will be back now uh, every once in a while to, to break down the Rick Pitino era in St. John's. But for now, it is an awesome, awesome day. Rick Pitino, the head coach of St. John's. And now I am going to welcome on someone who was in attendance for Rick's press conference today, big time friend of the program, Mr. Kevin Connolly, who covers the Red Storm for Storm the Paint. Here is Kevin. All right, I'm now joined by someone who was in attendance today at the Rick Pitino press conference. Mr. Kevin Connolly does a fantastic job covering the Red Storm men's basketball team, really all of Red Storm athletics, but especially the men's basketball team. He was on top of this Patino story from the start. His name is Kevin Connolly. Kevin, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. It's been a it's been a heck of a day, um, but it's it's been a lot of fun to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we talked to you on this show, of course, but I think you know, given all things considered, it's pretty good circumstances to really bring it back, right? Yeah, fi- yeah. Finally, I guess like good news uh, <laughs> to talk about, and cer- certainly uh, a new era to talk about. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's get into it a little bit. The the new era. I mean, what was the vibe like? You know, in the garden today. It, it, it the press conference seemed amazing in terms of, of Rick and and you know his his speech and his you know opening statements and everything like that. You know, I was really pumped up by it. Uh, you know, we were saying we wish the season started tomorrow because to get into it. But what was the vibe like? In in the garden i mean it, it was like like completely different and i guess like you're ushering a new era of of this once historic program and it, it was obviously it still had like a lot of the 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 new school college basketball nil transfer portal roster construction flair mm-hmm. but like given rick patino's 
um, history and how much he knows about basketball history with Louis Carnesecca there. Like it was almost like a bridge from the, the history of the past to what's now going to be the, the history of the future for the St. John's team. It was really, um, it was really like cool to witness just how like everyone or, or especially Rick was like in awe of what St. John's was and what it used to be. And now he's going to bring St. John's back to basically like those glory days that they had, 30 40 50 years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely what was the, like from for me um i thought you know rick said a lot of a couple of things that were really eye-opening throughout the, the his opening statements and you know the questions and everything like that but was there anything that you to you that he kind of said in, in in particular that you know caught your attention that you thought was an eye-opening you know uh quote that he gave well, I think it was expected, but I think it was just the way he talked about the roster and mm-hmm. the roster construction and how he was so open and honest yeah. about that. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you're going to see a lot during these six plus years of Rick Pitino at St. John's is like you're going to get a guy who's like very open, very honest, like he's not going to hide anything because he has nothing to hide. Like mm-hmm. he's already in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just mm-hmm. what what he said about the roster um, and Joel and that I mean they're gonna have six to eight new guys on this team I thought that was really eye-opening and, and honestly I thought the biggest eye-opening thing which I mean not that he was a little startled at but it certainly startled me is that like the the reports that he's gotten um, on the team basketball um, cult, uh, basketball abilities aside mm-hmm. like strictly personality and character was like it wasn't good. Yeah. Like it was downright really bad on this team, and and the two guys that he really wants back on this team because the what he's been told about their character was really high was Joel Soriano, who was the only player there today and was named the captain, mm-hmm. and Teresa Traore, which it, it was really surprising because yeah. he kept referring to him initially as the kid from Lutheran. <laughs> and I think it was actually Zach Braziller who, uh, it, it, this was after the main press conference and like one of the scrums with him, and Zach asked, I think he asked specifically about Posh Alexander. Mm-hmm. And he said, Rick said he hadn't talked to him yet and that he's going to and all this, but he kept referring to the kid from Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we were all saying, like, okay, like, are you talking about, like, he wanted the kid from Lutheran back too. <laughs> and we were like, okay, like, Andre Corbello or um, Pinzone. Yeah. And Rick first said, like, he didn't know Corbello went to Lutheran. So, like, that crossed him off the list. And <laughs> we kept. Are like Pinzone, okay, Pinzone, and then Rick said something about being six eight, and <laughs> everyone everyone looked at him like side, like 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 what? What are you talking about? And we were like, you talking about Triori? And he was like, yeah, yeah, Triori. So, <laughs> um, and 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 that's to be expected. Like you could see Teresa on the bench last year during games, first one off the bench, greeting players. He got some time when things were going poorly for this team. So I thought that was really eye opening for what he said about. Uh, just really the the overall character and makeup of this team, basketball abilities aside, was that he want the two guys that he definitely wanted back because of their leadership abilities was uh, Joel and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know you mentioned about you know Rick not really getting a great report on the culture and really a lot of the guys uh, outside of you know Joel and and Teresa. Um, you know, 
I'm, I'm, we can obviously expect, expect a lot of turnover here, but in terms of guys like, you know, Posh Alexander, Andre Carbello, uh, Dylan Adewusu, you know, what can we expect from those guys? Do we do you, do you think that those guys will be playing somewhere else in the future, or are those guys that maybe once Rick meets with them, you can see them coming back? Like, what's the level of, of turnover that you think we're going to be seeing? I think it's going to be high. I think the biggest – I think there's – Three big question marks right now. Mm-hmm. I think number one is Posh. I think just because, I mean, you look at Posh over the last three years, and, I mean, he really has been the heart and soul of St. John's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you, I do have – I if I had a guess, I would say of the current players on the roster, he might have the best chance to come back outside of Joel and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling Andre Carbello isn't back. Mm-hmm. Uh just because, I mean, Rick's going to want to bring in his own guys. We talked about character issues, and obviously we saw that with mm-hmm. Curbelo this year. Um, same thing with Pinzone. The, the Wusu thing, I think, is interesting. Obviously, like, him and Posh were like a package deal coming from OSL. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens there. And then I think, obviously, the other two big ones are A.J. Store and um, Brandon Gardner, the the incoming freshman. Yeah. And obviously that can all be tied back to it looks like Van Macon's going to stay on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that lends an ear that um, those players are, are on, the, on the roster next year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I actually wanted to get into that too. I mean, keeping Van on the staff, uh, you know, he was the guy that obviously led the recruiting on a lot of these current guys on the team. Uh, seemed like he was still recruiting even in the last couple of weeks with Mike Anderson. How important is that, keeping a guy like Van, you know, who has that connection to maybe some of these other guys like Joel uh, who are going to be now on the team next year? How important is that, keeping a guy like Van? I think it's really important, and not even the sense of um, keeping him for recruiting purposes because, mm-hmm. I mean, Rick Pitino obviously has his recruiting ties um, just about in every every gym in New York City and almost <laughs> every corner of the country. But I think Van and um, Zendon Hamilton, mm-hmm. and he was there as well today, I, I think they both might be back. Um, and they did such a good job with the St. John's big men. I mean, Joel Soriano's mm-hmm. turnaround from his first year at St. John's to last year was really attributed to them. Like they worked with him day in and day out. So, uh, recruiting purposes aside, I think just in terms of um, developing developing uh, big men, and obviously, if you look at all of Rick Pitino's teams, uh, his college teams in his career, like there's really been that big dominant big man, mm-hmm. and I think those two. Um, should they both stay on the staff would be um, really important to keep around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with with Soriano, man, we could really see a, a scary jump next season to like an all American level player. You know, you you mentioned the development in, in you know year one of at St. John's to year two for him. You know, and that was under Mike Anderson, who maybe wasn't you know the best coach in the world. Now to one of the best player development coaches in the world in Rick Pitino in the history of the game. Uh, I think we could see a really really another massive jump for Joel Soriano to where he is you know maybe even contending for to be an all-american level player what do you think about that well, well I agree and also what's really interesting is like Joel's very comfortable with the staff right now because mm-hmm. he told me today that Steve Mazziello who's coming with Rick mm-hmm. um, he was the first college coach to give Joel a division one offer oh. when Joel was at Stepanak and Mazziello was the head coach uh, of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially if, if Van stays on, I mean, Joel, I mean, he's going to feel right at home. And, and you could even tell after St. John's got bounced, 
against Marquette. I know Joel said that um, he wasn't going to come back to St. John's unless mm-hmm. Mike Anderson was retained. And, and you could tell he was just speaking emotionally. I mean, it was literally 10 minutes after they just lost in mm-hmm. overtime and he twisted his knee in the final seconds or whatever like that. Um, but, but before that, I mean, you could tell like the passion he was talking about of being a member of the St. John's team and how he really loved uh, just being in Queens and being a member of this program. And uh, it it just felt like if St. John's was going to make the hire everybody had expected them to make, it it felt like he was going to be back, and now he is. And he has one dinner with uh, Rick Pitino, and he's named the captain again. So Mm -hmm. I think that speaks to what uh, people have told Rick Pitino about Joel, what Rick has seen on tape from Joel. And just when you meet Joel, you could tell that, I mean, he is just a true, genuine, really nice guy. And it helps that he's a really good basketball player, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, in, in terms of the expectations, uh, I mean, it's hard to really predict, you know, what next year is going to look like. There's going to be so much roster turnover. But, you know, the overall expectations for the Rick Pitino era in St. John's. I mean, this was a hire that they obviously had to make. You know, they were on the brink of, uh, I would say, you know, extinction in turn on the, in the uh, college basketball landscape. But, you know, over the next five, six, you know, maybe more years, where do you see St. John's going? Do you think they can be a player on the national level? Because I, I think when you hire Rick Pitino, you know, and you're a high major school like St. John's is, or at least tries to be, you're trying to become a national player. You don't want to just, you know, compete for conference titles. Uh, so where do you see them going in the next couple of years? It's funny because I said this to somebody and I don't know if I was joking or I was being serious. <laughs> I, I guess I was being a little half of both. But like going into the press conference today, not, not that I didn't have expectations of what I was going to think of the program coming out of it. Mm-hmm. But like walking out of Madison Square Garden, just the way that Rick talked and just the vibe I got from being around him for two hours, mm-hmm. like. I think St. John's is going to compete nationally over the course of the next six years. Now, maybe they won't compete nationally next year, mm-hmm. but like the way the transfer portal works and NIL works and all this stuff works, like St. John's, I think, and it, at some point in these next six years, is going to be competing um, deep in the NCAA tournament and making a run at a Final Four. Mm-hmm. I'm just very convinced, and and also that goes back to Rick Pitino's track record. Like mm-hmm. everywhere he goes, he wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, even, you know, I don't even think it would be crazy to, to say next year that could happen if the pieces fall in place correctly. You know, you look at teams like Kansas State and and Xavier this year, you know, those two teams yeah. just made new hires. So with the, the portal and the NIL, you can turn things around so quickly. But uh, let's get into the NIL real quick as well. That's something that I think is almost bigger than Rick even coming here. I know it's the cause, you know, the reason or the cause of Rick coming here is, is the NIL improving now, but man, that could have major, major impacts. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of that? I know uh, Mike Rapoli is going to be getting involved now, but the NIL seems like it should start to skyrocket for St. John's now that they are kind of an attraction on the local level, at least should become. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of the NIL in the, for the future? Well, yeah, obviously that huge story came out about Mike Rapoli. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard that the, the store marketing mm-hmm. um, campaign, like that has done really well. I think what this will just be entering its second full season or maybe third full season yep. in, in that being uh, around for St. John's. And like that has done really well. I've heard that season ticket 
uh, deposits or new season ticket deposits have skyrocketed since Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the subscriptions to, to the store marketing. And, and I think a, a big thing here is like not only was um, Rick Pitino's uh, welcome to St. John's and whatever plastered on the two big boards um, outside the garden, like it was also up in the middle of Times Square this afternoon, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's that tells you right there that. Um, St. John's with Rick Pitino, I think they're finally going to be able to take advantage of having um, these new NIL NIL rules approved and being in New York City in in the heart of Manhattan playing most of their games because Rick basically said today that there's not that much he can do this upcoming season in terms of the schedule, Mm -hmm. but going forward in year two, year three, year four, year five, like every game is going to be played at a major arena, mm-hmm. whether that be Madison Square Garden, UBS, Barclays Center. Like, there aren't going to be slim to none games in the future um, at Karnasek Arena. Yeah, which is, which is crazy and such a big contrast which versus you know what we've seen in the last two or three years um have you heard anything about you know talking about the schedule you know any potential uh you know maybe for next season any potential games being added i know that uh rick's son richard coaches and i think he made a comment about that um i I would assume though that we're going to start seeing a lot more high major uh non-conference games and hopefully the days of playing you know teams like merrimack and you know uh and those type of teams those nec mac level teams are gone but what do you what, what can we expect with the schedule maybe this year and then beyond well yeah so i mean the, this year's schedule it's believe it or not it's, it's filling up really quickly mm-hmm. uh, so they have those three games uh down in in the charleston, charleston. classic yep. um they have texas tech coming to the garden um they still have the the gavit games and the Big East big 12 battle i think one i forget which one but one of those will be at the garden the other one's on the road mm-hmm. um zach braziller also uh, he reported right after the press conference that they're going to play Boston College mm-hmm. in the Barclays Center this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard, it's not confirmed yet, but I heard rumors uh, today from a couple of people that um, one of the games at Karnaseka Arena this year uh, could very well be Fordham. Okay. I, I heard mm-hmm. I heard Fordham could be one of those by mid-major games that's played in Karnaseka Arena mm-hmm. um, this year. Um and about the, the New Mexico, I mean, Rick said, yeah, he basically said, Richard, come on down. We'll play here. We'll play here at the Garden. So I don't know if that's going to happen this year or next year. But uh, I guess I guess um, I'm not sure if New Mexico still has to fulfill their contract of the return game in New Rochelle mm-hmm. after Iona went to went to New Mexico this year. But, um, yeah, Rick basically said, uh, Richard, come on down. We'll play you right here in the garden. So uh, cer- certainly, I think those days of playing um, Mississippi Valley State mm-hmm. and Merrimack <laughs> and, and and those other schools are uh, are long gone. If not, you're only going to see one or two of them yeah. on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and e- even playing teams like local teams like Hofstra, Manhattan, yeah. Iona, like like get Fordham, get those games back on the schedule. At least make these these buy games mean something, you know. <laughs> Exactly, and, and all right. If you lose one of them, not once a year, but every couple of years, yeah, like, it's not the end of the world. But mm-hmm. that's also how you build. That's how you build local rivalries. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. You look at St. John's and Fordham. I mean, the the rivalry they used to have, Hofstra, who's a really good up and coming local program. Um, I, Iona, I. 
I would imagine they'll still be good, even with Rick leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, Fairly Dickinson, I'm guessing, is going to take a step down. But but schools like that, that's what you want to play. Your St. Peter's and stuff. Like try and build those those relationships, and also give a chance for maybe one of those schools to play in the Garden. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That yeah. you'll probably beat, and it it allows their university and their basketball program to have to have that exposure. And you know you're not going to get overrun in Madison Square Garden with opposing fans coming in of schools like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Kev, thank you so much for the time on, on the short notice coming on here. Uh, you know, you were there, obviously. So we'll definitely be talking, I'm sure, at some point over the summer or throughout the spring when uh, when Rick makes some moves on the transfer portal. But thank you so much for coming on. Troy, I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Have a good one. Okay, that was Kevin Connolly once again. Thank you to Kevin for coming on. He does a fantastic job covering the Red Storm uh, with Storm the Paint. You can follow them on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin Connolly24 uh, for not only St. John's men's basketball coverage, but coverage of all St. John's athletic teams. Thank you all for listening to this show. Rick Patino is the head coach of St. John's basketball. Still cannot believe it. It still feels a little bit surreal. Uh, hopefully this podcast will be back now uh, semi-regularly as we have news coming out throughout the offseason of player movement, of maybe some you know coaching staff movement, of schedule news. So, you know, maybe once a month or something like that, I'll try to you know find some time to, uh, to put this podcast out. But thank you all for listening. It feels great to be back. And I will see you all uh, on the flip side, I guess, whenever, whenever, we, whenever we record next. But thank you once again to Kevin Connolly. And as always, let's go Johnnies.